Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. CinemaSins has a fan club. It's called The Sin Club, and members get all sorts of things like early episodes, bonus videos, merch discounts, and even monthly bonus podcasts. Membership starts at $3 a month, and you can sign up now at patreon.com slash CinemaSins. And yeah. I wanted to make sure that the movie is not creating a wrong impression. This is not about, this is not Spider-Man and the multiverse, you know, right? <laughs> right. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. everybody welcome to the sendcast this is chris atkinson from cinema sins joined by jonathan watkins hello hello and today we have a very special guest it's director gaurav seth who did a movie called multiverse it's in theaters november 12th on demand and digital november 16th and on dvd and blu-ray january 11th gaurav uh welcome thank you for having me great to be here uh yeah absolutely uh how did you get involved with this project um, well, uh, the script for Multiverse was sent to me by um, the screenwriter, uh, Doug Taylor, who's a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he, you know, I've known him for years, but we haven't worked together. Uh, so he sent me the script that he'd written and, uh, you know, he told me uh, a little bit about it. I was totally inc- intrigued. And he said that the producers were looking for a director and he had recommended me. Uh, and so, yeah, he sent me the script. I absolutely loved it. I spoke to the the producers, gave them my take on it. I did have some thoughts on the script and mm. some changes, mm-hmm. and I gave them my vision for the for the movie, and you know, they seemed to like it. And and then literally, I think within two months or three months uh, after I read the script, we were ready to roll. Oh wow! Nice um is what what do you uh what were exactly some of the things that you wanted to add to this uh script that uh wasn't uh wasn't in there uh at first right uh well you know the topic was uh very intriguing obviously so mm-hmm. you know this whole multiverse concept you know the quantum mechanics i've always been fascinated by it um and so uh, the the subject matter was was totally up my alley, and and I love the way Doug dealt with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the focus of the script is not uh, really the the science; it's more the drama created by the science, right? right. So, uh, you know, the focus is on the characters and the interesting dramatic situations that they get into, and we get to explore with them what it would be like if you come face to face with another version of yourself and, and, you know, uh, the what if scenario, I really enjoyed the, the dramatic implications of that. And uh, the thing, and everything was great. The, and, uh, you know, the script as I read it was great. I just felt the end could have been a little different 
and so i came up uh, with the this idea came to me you know and without really giving away you know what if mm-hmm. we do this and um, you know and that was a, a great moment because Doug right away as soon i didn't even finish my sentence and he <laughs> right away said yes that's it that's that's absolutely brilliant and let's go with that and so really the end i, w- I would say the last you know uh, basically the, the, the last twist in the movie that was that wasn't there in the in the draft that i read oh cool um the uh, uh in you have this movie has two deaf actors in it marley matlin and sandra may frank who are playing mother and daughter um how important was it to get that kind of representation into this movie well it was great and uh to start off i i was surprised when i read the script and you know these deaf characters were in the script and Mm -hmm. you know one of them was a lead character and one of them was supporting and yeah. I was surprised because, you know, as it is, there aren't that many movies with deaf characters and science fiction, you know, that's even rare. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I was, I, I really dug that. I thought that was a great choice that, that Doug made to, to make these characters deaf. And when I read the script, Marley Madeline was attached to it, to the, to the script. So that oh, yeah. again, you know, dramatically changed my impression of the whole thing. I thought, oh my God, that's, that's fantastic. Right. And um, and yeah, it was uh, it was great. It was unique. Uh, I thought, as I said, you know, it's so rare in science fiction, especially. And uh, and then you know when we we started casting, uh, you know, we, we sent out. In fact, uh, Marley Madeline sent out, a, a, you know, posted a tweet, uh, you know, with a with an open call for, among deaf actors to audition for this. Mm-hmm. And we got tons of responses, and uh, and then yeah, when I saw um, Sandra, I was right away from the very first audition. I was I was blown away by her performance, and I just thought she was perfect for it. Um, and yeah, and so we were so lucky to have both of them on board. Well, I love that you I love that you uh, you know kept Sandra uh, cast Sandra because I mean I don't I don't know if this has given anything away, but at one point in the movie, you have to give a voice to her, which I right. mean. And the way I guess you had to go about it was probably more challenging than just casting an actor that isn't, you know, deaf. So I thought that was uh, that was really neat. And it worked. I mean, it was seamless. Uh, you, you, you know, you, you couldn't tell. So I thought that was really cool. I'm so glad you said that because that was a tough, tough scene to, to ADR. I bet. Uh, it took us forever. Um, uh, you know, so the first thing was uh, we knew that these deaf characters had to be deaf actors. So that was obviously, that was non-negotiable. And even though uh, there is, uh, you know, as you said, a section in the movie where uh, the deaf character has to not be deaf. There's another version of the uh, of the mm-hmm. character that is not deaf. And we knew that's going to be very challenging because, uh, you know, with Sandra especially, uh, she, she's been deaf from, uh, from birth. So, so she genuinely doesn't know how certain sounds sound right mm-hmm. and so it is difficult for her sometimes uh, to be able to mouth the character uh, the words even you know yeah. the shape of the the lips you know and and that was very difficult we had someone uh you know our, our script supervisor actually looking at her very closely you know practicing with her to to make sure that her lip movements even though she's not making any sounds 
that her lip movements are right so that later when we voice it, it looks fine. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't as easy, you know, as it sounds. It was very difficult. Uh, and, you know, sometimes there are portions where it's not really clear that, you know, she's, mm -hmm. she's, she's not really making the right mouth movements. And uh, it was tough. But we had this wonderful um, voice actor here in Toronto who's very experienced. And, uh, you know, she, she did a wonderful job, uh, you know, to not only yeah. to get you know match the lips there is it's a very dramatic scene so there's a lot of performance in it right mm. and uh, so to do all of that uh, it, that scene took us I, I think literally like a whole day it, it's not a very long scene it's a few minutes but it took a whole day for us to um, I think something like 11 hours of ADR uh, <laughs> wow. for that scene. Wow. yeah it was tough uh, you know and then we had to uh, and, and the dialogue editor, of course, had to really, uh, he earned his, his pay on just on that one scene. It took a lot of editing to, to get that right. But I'm so glad you said that because a, a few people did uh, mention this to me as well when we, uh, you know, the film was in a few uh, film festivals. And after the screening, some of the audience members would walk up to me and say that, you know, that kind of, that scene surprises people, you know, when mm -hmm. she actually starts speaking. And, yeah. and it seems real and and everyone knows of course it is you know it's movies so someone is voicing it but it seemed real and so that was really a relief you even uh, it's amazing how many different ways she communicates in this movie too they she has the the phone that translates the you know into a into a um a voice uh, dialogue or whatever and then she's obviously there's sign language in here and and she even uses her own voice several times as well um in this um uh, I, I think it's kind of amazing that they went you get you went you know with i mean it how how many different methods there are to communicate in this uh that she uses and and, and is that is that typical do, does she herself do that in uh, in real life use all of those different techniques uh yes actually uh, sandra uh, as you can imagine brought a lot to this uh, to this role um I, in terms of changes and finessing things and so there are a lot of things in the script that weren't there uh, mm -hmm. that she said oh you know we don't do that at all we do it this way you know and so mm. so that ch changed uh you know she made all those changes in the script and obviously we were totally open to, to that and we wanted to make it as credible as possible for the deaf audience because we are hoping and uh, and you know that was certainly the case uh, during the festival run uh that this movie had has a you know a deaf audience inbuilt deaf audience you know uh, mm -hmm. And which is again rare because they don't get to see a whole lot of sci-fi with deaf characters, so there is a, you know, an attraction there. And so yeah. we wanted to make this feel credible for them. Um, and so yeah, uh, in terms of these modes of communications, uh, she said that uh, the phone, uh, you know, app. There are those apps, uh, although she said that she doesn't use that a lot because I mean she, her friends and. Uh, you know, the people that she communicates with on a regular basis are used to uh, her communicating, you know, and they don't need that app, you know, even if the friend is not deaf, they have a, you know, either through sign language or, or other means, they, uh, it's easy for her to communicate. But she said that, yes, when it is a complete stranger, for example, my first meeting with Sandra, 
Uh, mm-hmm. I never worked with deaf actors before. And it was, uh, and, and I don't think I really had a proper conversation with a deaf person ever in my life, maybe just a little bit here and there, but, you know, really mm-hmm. sitting down and discussing something substantial. I don't think I'd ever done that before uh, until I met Sandra. And so it was, it was very tricky in the beginning. And yeah. yes, we, and she used that app to communicate with me. And then I said, okay, yeah, for someone like me that who hasn't had any, you know, exposure with this, that app would make total sense. Mm-hmm. But then in the movie, you know, she's close friends with these people, right? So, uh, so then uh, we kind of, uh, she was very, she's a very smart actor. And so she said that, you know what, let's make, you know, we can use this as, uh, you know, conveying something more. Like, for example, with one of the characters, Jerry, she's not that close. So she mm-hmm. uses the app to communicate. But mm-hmm. with uh, Danny, who she's close with, she, uh, Danny knows sign language and, and she can communicates, you know, uh, oh. by sign language. So then that, you know, almost adds another layer of information. Okay, yeah. they're all friends, but she's more closer to Danny than she is to Jerry. So those these <laughs> then all come into it, which are not in the script, you know. That's a great little uh, addition there. I, I I didn't I didn't notice that when I watched when I watched this. I, I that's uh, that's kind of a that's kind of an awesome revelation. And, uh, and the thing is, you don't have to be conscious of that. Uh, the fact that you didn't notice it uh, is totally fine. I don't expect the audience to to be conscious of that. But the thing is, it it works subconsciously. You immediately get the feeling. That, mm-hmm. oh, you know, she's probably, you know, and, and when she does, when we see those scenes, when she's more closer with Danny and, you know, they have a thing going. And so then that's more uh, credible and we believe it. And with Jerry, it's more of a friendship you know, mm-hmm. and there's nothing of that sort. So even if the uh, uh, audience doesn't notice it, uh, I think subtly it works uh, and they unconsciously get that information. Yeah. Uh, and we've spoken, uh, on Marley Matlin and, and, and Sandra May Frank, uh, how, how, how else, did, how did you round your cast out? How did you find your other, uh, your other friends in this one? Yeah. So it, uh, as I said, uh, Marley was attached to the project before anyone else was cast. And then we had to find these four, uh, main characters. And, uh, so with Sandra, it was different. It was a completely, you know, because, uh, you know, of this, the, the deaf character and uh, it wasn't as simple as just going to a casting agent and you know looking at options uh, we wanted to cast a wider net and so you know Marley and her her background with a theater uh, actually helped because a lot of the responses that we got were from theater uh, deaf actors and um, and so so that was a completely different uh, uh, ball game well, with the other actors, they're all Canadians. Um, so we we went, you know, we put out a you know a casting call, and uh, we had many of these actors. Actually, all of them, we had them in mind even before, and we were speaking to their agents. But the, uh, it was a little tricky because because it's an ensemble uh, piece. Uh, all four of them had to be greenlit. It wasn't individually. It wasn't like okay, we have one out of four or two out of four. It was like Either we have all four out of four or we don't have anyone, you know. It was, so uh, in terms of the, the, the funding agencies, the producers, the distributors, everyone, all the stakeholders uh, and the people, you know, who had to greenlit this project, uh, you know, it, it, 
took a lot of mixing and matching and honestly it it was a little nerve-wracking because it went up to literally like two days before of, uh, before the shoot uh, that the cast was finally finalized you know and uh, so there are so many people who had to sign off on it and um, so yeah so uh, you know with this combination thankfully these four people kind of uh, together they work for everyone and you know we got the sign off literally as i said 48 hours before we went to camera and wow yeah. uh how how difficult was it for these actors to play two different versions of the same character right uh it was challenging but it was fun i uh, i know they had a lot of fun with it uh, as did i uh, because uh, there are so many things, uh, you know, in a situation like this where the actor can bring, which are uh, not in the script and, uh, you know, and they cannot be in the script. They are small, subtle things. And so with each and every one of them, uh, you know, I, I worked, um, you know, one on one because they are different characters and their approach and they're different people. You know, they're different personalities as actors. So their approach to uh, these things was a little different and uh, so uh, it was very interesting there was a lot of you know kind of preparation required for that uh, so it wasn't just about uh, things you know what we did on the set but rather before you know uh, even though there's none of it in the in the movie we worked uh, out you know extensive backstories for what the other characters backstory is how is oh, really yeah you know just for their information you know just to know okay yeah right. uh, you know loretta okay how loretta in this universe and loretta from the other universe what are their differences and the thing is we know that uh you know these universes are identical but with minor differences but we know minor differences over a period of period of time can result in very dramatically different um, uh, results on a person right so mm -hmm. a choice that uh, you know one of the characters may the other character may have made 10 years ago can have a ripple effect and 10 years later it has affected that person's you know personality and character you know in in some tangible way and yeah. so you know we worked out these uh, backstories and and then you know the actors, you know, they came up with small things. Okay, you know what, Loretta uh, from the other universe won't do this and won't react this way. She would rather react that way. And so small things like that. Uh, and then again, even in terms of appearance, there was a little bit uh, of that. And uh, that was more um, pronounced with the character of Jerry because he is probably, uh, that character is the most different from yes. the two versions. Mm -hmm. So there, you know, even the external uh, persona uh, was a little more different, you know, was more pronounced. The difference was more pronounced. And so so we had a lot of fun with that as well. And Monroe, who, uh, the actor who played that character, uh, he was fantastic in, you know, in coming up with these small differences that, you know, in the way that Jerry, the other Jerry carries himself as opposed to the one from this universe. And so, yeah, so it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun. 
Yeah, I always I always enjoy it when a, uh, an actor's playing two different uh, characters, whether they be twins or, or or something, and and you can always tell which one it is immediately without them saying I'm the evil Jerry or whatever. You know, it's a uh, it's a it's a pretty uh, nifty uh, trick that happens there. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, what was your biggest challenge in telling this story? Well, uh, I think the biggest challenge, uh, when I read the script, um, you know, the ideas are so interesting and so, um, you know, like fantastical because they, they send you on this journey, right? With what if, and, you know, and you start imagining things and all of that. Uh, and given the genre sci-fi, uh, and multiverses and everything, uh, I just, uh, wanted to make sure that people do not have the wrong impression of of this movie going into it because mm-hmm. you know this is a different story it is still it, it is more character driven it is more about the uh, implications that the the multiverse theory and and doppelgangers and you know the chance to come face to face with another version of yourself all of all those cool ideas uh it, the focus of this particular film is about how it impacts the characters and mm-hmm. and how dramatic you know uh, the dramatic situations that they get put into uh, put into and how they react to it that's the focus of this film and yeah. i wanted to make sure that the movie is not creating a wrong impression this is not about this is not spider-man and the multiverse you know right, <laughs> right. It's not about just going and jumping into another universe with a completely different thing and exploring that, however fantastical that is. And it is, it is very interesting. That's obviously, uh, you know, uh, that's interesting to anyone, but this movie is different and we are exploring a different side of it, uh, of, of the multiverse uh, theory and, and the implications of it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill so i just wanted to make sure that the you know that the audience is not misled Mm -hmm. uh, and doesn't come into you know especially in the first you know 10 minutes and all you think okay this is going to be a really you know an action pack they're going to be jumping from universe to universe and you know something no this is different right and so that i think was the challenge to to set the right tone in the first 10, 15 minutes uh, and and to get the audience interested in this aspect of, of the movie by basically, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, 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 having the audience fantasize themselves. What if I, you know, one day walk into my bedroom and see the other version of me sitting over there, you know, mm-hmm. and to go on this little journey with, with me and uh, with our characters and explore that, that side of things, not the fantastical side of things, but something more relevant to us in our daily lives, you know? Yeah. Uh, and what if really like tomorrow you wake up and, you know, there's someone else <laughs> making breakfast, you know, <laughs> in, your, 
in your kitchen and and what are the implications of all of that you know so so that i think was the challenge to strike the right tone uh to to uh, you know make use of this very interesting premise but shift the focus to the characters and and make that uh, uh you know interesting uh, i think that was really the biggest challenge and and you know and that works on different levels the tone of the movie the uh, obviously the performances uh and the music the sound design and everything you know uh hopefully you know comes together and and helps tell the story that we are trying to tell and and uh and not mislead you know the audiences into thinking oh and i thought it was going to be that and you know and then it turns and it feels like a letdown so i think that was really for me that was really the big challenge there were um uh, elements to this that reminded me of the movie primer uh great with, i'm so happy you mentioned that <laughs> yeah uh because that 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 sort of has that same like where it's you know it primer is more about time travel although i think uh when you when you uh you know you look at time travel and or multiverse you start getting into the same kind of paradoxes and things Absolutely. like that uh but uh so so primer was uh was uh you, you said you were excited that i said that is there a, an influence there at all Oh absolutely like uh you know inspiration definitely like uh primer uh, another movie i would mention is coherence which mm-hmm. was another mm-hmm. uh, you know a low budget movie about multiverses so again that's that's exactly what we were trying to do here in terms of the territory exploring the other interesting angles again uh, you know uh, uh, with primer and coherence they use the premise but they use it you know to explore interesting dramatic situations with their characters mm-hmm. uh, and the movies are not about the premise itself they are about right. the implications the premise have on their characters and so that is what i was interested in as well uh, you know to do in this movie and uh, that's why yeah uh, those are great references and and that's exactly what we are trying to do and hopefully uh, you know people will see you know that uh, uh, inspiration there um and you know and i thought you know those are great movies there i really love those movies and mm-hmm. uh, if, uh, if people get reminded of them i i, I would be really happy yeah <laughs> um uh, I, this movie was once called entangled correct that's right yeah uh it, it, which you know when you watch this you'll you'll realize that uh, that you know the four uh uh well i guess yeah the four characters that uh that uh, come into the the universe have these tattoos that say entangled on them and everything uh w- was that uh was there was there there's uh, obvious there's more meaning to the the name entangled of course than just the tattoo um uh could could you maybe uh, talk about that a little bit uh yes and uh, actually you know the uh, the word entangle is literally what uh, this premise is about it's quantum entanglement right mm-hmm. and so yeah. uh so Uh, that's where this you know the word entangle came f- for uh, that was the original title and uh, you know i thought it was apt the only problem is when you know while we were shooting and uh, actually while we were in post um there was literally another sci-fi movie called entangle that came out you know? <laughs> and i thought okay this is all going to be confusing and right. and 
so that was i think out of necessity that uh, uh, you know, there are several movies, you know, called Entangled, but, you know, some of them are 90s or whatever. You, that yeah. doesn't really matter. But there was one, I think, you know, in 2020, uh, mm-hmm. when we were actually planning to to release this until, the, you know, the pandemic happened and that pushed things. But right. uh, so, you know, we knew we had to kind of, you know, uh, the worst thing that can happen is, you know, you get confused with another movie that... Uh, that is completely different that and that has nothing to do with quantum entanglement actually that, you know, <laughs> i don't know why that movie was even called entangled right uh, but um, yeah so and, and then when you know uh, you know during the pandemic when things you know got delayed and we were literally waiting uh, with uh, the distributors then kind of came up with uh, with multiverse and i i really loved it i thought that was great because mm. Uh, not only it is, you know, you know, kind of really the term is hot right now with all, you know, the yeah. Spider-Man and, and everything else. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, it, it literally is that. So it's not like we are, you know, we are just trying to cash in on something. It, this movie is literally about multiverse. In fact, the very first sentence of the movie is you know about the multiverse theory, right? <laughs> right? That is literally the first sentence of the movie. So, uh, so yeah, no, so I thought that was a great uh, uh, title. And I think Entangled is great too, but there are just way too many movies out there with that name. So. Right. The, the tattoos led to one of my favorite lines in the movie too, where the character says something like, life would be a lot easier if we just wore short sleeves. That's, yeah. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, that was a that was a a good uh, way to you know kind of just release a little bit of you know steam because <laughs> it just comes in the middle of a really tense situation, right? And, yeah. And it's uh, and I love the reaction. I watched the movie with a with, you know a lot of different audiences, you know, in different countries uh, <laughs> during the festivals, and I love the reaction to that line every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it is fantastic. Yeah. That in, in speaking of lines, there's that also that one that there was one in there that I liked where, uh, you know, one of the characters wants to talk with another person and privately or whatever, like go, go to another room and talk privately. And he's like, what are you, my guidance counselor? Yeah, um, exactly. um, uh, uh, where, where did you, where did, where all was the shot? I'm assuming Canada, but where in Canada? Yeah, actually, this was shot uh, in and around uh, a city called Sudbury, which is in northern Ontario. It's about four hours drive from Toronto. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, it's a small city. Uh, and uh, But a lot of movies get shot there. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of Hollywood movies as well. Um, yeah. in, in fact, when, the, you know, the summer we were shooting, there were so many crews out there. We were having really, you know, a, a tough time finding crew members you know? wow uh, yeah there were several movies being shot and it's very popular because first thing it's it's a beautiful place i mean uh, you know the area around sudbury you know it's this is a lot of many lakes mountains and all together and rocky um you know terrain it's beautiful and uh, the other thing is for a, for a low budget movie like ours uh, there are some generous tax credits involved if you shoot up there Mm-hmm. So, so that was one of the reasons. Yeah, this movie is entirely shot, uh, except for one day. We did uh, one day shoot in Toronto itself. Hmm. Okay. Um, 
uh, what was your hardest day on set? Hardest day, my every day was hard. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, because for different reasons, um, you know, sometimes it was, you know, like the again uh, not giving too much away. There is a scene, you know, in on the lake where mm-hmm. two characters are are talking to each other, and one of them is in the water. One of them, you know, <laughs> you know is. One of them is not, and and they are the same character. So that was a tough scene, oh, just yeah. logistically. And um, I, I noted this one as your possible hardest day on set because yeah, it seemed like yeah. it was a difficult one. It was very difficult. And the other, you know, the thing is, we don't realize is uh, how uh, how much things slow down when you have you cannot directly communicate with a with an actor. For example, mm-hmm. with Amy, uh, with Sandra, I had to communicate through an interpreter. Right. So everything just grinds to a halt. You know, like it is so slow. Everything. You know, mm-hmm. and and in that scene where, you know, she's in the water, and then on the other side she's on on standing on the rock, and I'm somewhere in the middle, right. and, trying, and and I can't just have a loudspeaker and yell out commands, right? So right. She's a she's a deaf person, and mm-hmm. so. And then you know uh, the uh, uh, the interpreter uh, you know has to be somewhere where he can see me and hear me and she can see him so that yeah. you know, this can happen. So it it was very complicated to make that happen. Uh, that was just uh, logistically. But then there were other days which uh, you know things were uh, just difficult because of either the schedule or uh, you know. You know, there was just this one day where a lot of extras were involved, and we were pressed for time. You know, in that's in the in the in the university there. So uh, on a low budget film, every day is a tough day. Uh, mm-hmm. But this was especially tough because you know we had scenes with VFX and deaf actors, so that makes yeah. it doubly you know complicated. Yeah. How many days was this? Uh, this was seventeen shooting days. Oh wow. wow. That's quick. <laughs> I um, bet every day was tough then. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, not to not to mention we have uh, a car flying off a cliff, right? Yeah, so yeah. So so that was another <laughs> you know mm. complicated day because yeah you know the, it's not just a you know a one shot. There is you know there's a, a pivotal scene playing out there uh, with the car kind of dangling on a cliff, and mm-hmm. you know so it's. it's- can you talk about that like is that how is that how is that done exactly with the with the dangling i mean is there i mean maybe this is a dumb question but i know i mean you had to have the car physically there right yes yes the the car was uh, now uh, the thing with that is uh that location you know uh the the kind of mountain the the narrow road Mm -hmm. the the snaking roads and uh and the lake below that's all real. That's just out of, you know, Sudbury, a couple of hours drive of Sudbury. And so we lucked mm. out with the location. I thought that was a perfect location for mm. setting that scene. And and we had to kind of adapt the script to the location uh, a little bit. So all of that is real. We had the car there. The, you know, there is a, there's an accident happening. And so the accident was actually, you know, that's none of that is VFX. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all stunt mm-hmm. driving and, and all of that. And yeah, and we did have the car kind of dangle on the edge there. 
wow. now some of it was uh, you know kind of tweaked uh, with uh, VFX mm -hmm. but we did have a car dangling there and and all of that yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, th th I don't I rarely do this uh, with directors but uh, you know I, I've got to ask what you if you were in this universe and there was another version of you and you both were weakening each other uh, and you knew that only one could stay like Highlander, um, <laughs> uh, what would that, this is what's kind of fascinating about the movie because there's moral choices that have to be made. Uh, what do you think you would do in that situation? Yeah, uh, actually I thought about that a lot. I mean, you know, when I was, uh, you know, when I read the script and I was internalizing this whole thing and, you know, thinking about this, I I thought long and hard and I don't know. It is very yeah. difficult. Uh, the thing is, it, you know, it brings up those questions, right? Like, well, why do I have a, a greater right to exist? You know, this right. version and not the other version. Why? You know, it's very difficult to justify. Now, I, I can try to justify that, you know, you know, in, in, many different ways. I'm a better person. I do this, I do that or whatever. But mm -hmm. I'm sure that other version has exactly the same justifications, maybe better, you know? Right. So it is very difficult to say. And um, I don't know. <laughs> it yeah. is, uh, and then, you know, the the uniqueness of this version, you know, uh, of course, th this version feels more unique and more real to me. But when obviously you think about it, that other version feels unique and real to the other version. So mm -hmm. morally, you know, there is it's there is no way to tell who has the greater right to exist. So yeah. I don't know. It is just it's fascinating. It's mind boggling. It you know it makes my brain hurt thinking about it. And I don't have a clear answer for that. Yeah. And and, and you know my goal, my hope is that after watching the movie, even if you know. For a little bit, you know, uh, people go on this journey thinking literally, okay, what what if I wake up tomorrow and there's another version of me sitting on, you know, on the bed, mm -hmm. you know, and and only one of us can survive, <laughs> can, right. can make it through the day. It's uh, it's a very interesting, you know, journey to go on. I think it reveals a lot about you. You know, you might learn a few things about yourself. You know, yeah. going going on that journey. Uh, Jonathan, anything else? Well, I was just curious. So this was, so, so when was, this was shot in 2018, I guess, 2019? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, we shot it in 2018. Uh, we finished the movie in, uh, you know, like I think the autumn of 2019. And, and then we went on a little bit of a, um, a festival run, uh, right. Actually, we were just beginning our festival run, you know, in we had our first one in uh, in December, then January and February of 2020 was our last one. And then the world shut down. So uh, mm. our hope at that time was to to release the movie in the summer of 20 uh, summer or autumn of 2021. I mean, 2020. Mm -hmm. And and then, yeah. And then, you know, everything went off track. So. So I'm glad finally, uh, yeah, it's, it's releasing now. 
Yeah, because I've been I, I've just been thinking about that recently because a lot of these movies we're going to the theaters and watching, you know, have been done for, you know, or, yeah. or watching on demand or whatever have been done for a couple of years. So is that yeah. I, I'm, I don't know, I guess I'm just curious, like how weird that is, like you're, you know, interviewing you're doing press and stuff. Well, I guess you had it at festivals, though, right? So I guess you had already done right. uh, some press for it prior to this year but uh or is it, is it just kind of joy that it's finally out there uh, absolutely absolutely yeah. <laughs> uh, you know i was very nervous because the delay you know uh it was, things were taking so long and you know everything had to be redone and renegotiated and and i was very nervous i was you know uh obviously you know as a director you want your movie out there and you just want people to to get a chance to see it and 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 see how they respond uh, but on top of that, I mean, you just know that it's, you know, it's a lower budget film. Uh, I was really concerned that we might not be able to survive this, this pandemic related, you know, mm. the, the whole business aspect of it. And, you know, uh, like Doug called it, you know, the COVID death, we would, <laughs> we would suffer yeah. a COVID death, you know, and I, I was really concerned about that. So, so yeah, it is a huge relief that. Uh, that it's coming out now, and I am I'm just glad that uh, uh, you know some of the movies that I know that who were in the same boat they kind of then compromise and they just went in for you know a quicker but a more modest release, not theatrical, just directly on mm -hmm. digital uh, during the pandemic. And so there was a lot of choices to be made. You know, like do we wait and you know go back to our original plan or do we you know release it and, you know, get something out of it. So, uh, you know, some movies did that. Uh, I don't know how well it worked out for them, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it was tough. You know, I was just very concerned that we might, you know, things might not work out. Uh, but I'm really glad that the distributors, they, they really like the film and they thought it is worth, mm -hmm. you know, waiting and doing a, a better release, you know, once the, uh, you know, uh, the situation is, is better um, and and not, you know, and not just putting it out there for the sake of putting it out there. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it feels like right now, like more than any time since the pandemic, it feels like in the last month or so that people are just really reinvigorated to like go to the theater and, and, and yeah. go see or just go see movies however they can. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. So, yeah, you couldn't. I don't. You might. You, this might be the perfect time for the release. I agree. I agree one hundred percent. Yeah, this is this really feels like the right time. And and again, even for this subject matter, I think it's the right time. So so overall, I am yeah. I'm happy. The the delay certainly was nerve wracking, and uh, and uh, it's totally not weird talking about something that you know I shot a couple of years ago. Yeah, it, it, because it still feels so fresh. You know, mm. it is. Uh, you know, I, I didn't even, even for this interview, I, I, I'm working on something else right now. Uh, as soon as we, I didn't prepare or, <clears throat> or anything. As soon as we started, you know, I just got into it because this is still so fresh. Oh, wow. Uh, it, it's an important, you know, it's, it's a great story. It is something, uh, that I, I enjoyed working on and, and thinking about and, and doing it. And so, you know, whenever I get a chance to revisit that, that world, I, I enjoy it. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, and by the way, and again, not to give away any, give away anything, but, uh, I do like the, uh, the use of the inf infinity symbol in this movie. Oh, okay. Uh, 
<laughs> I, 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 I like that a lot because it's easy to uh, watch something like this and kind of forget that they even bring this up and then uh, and then have it uh, mean uh, mean a lot more by the end of it. So uh, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, all right. Uh, Gaurav, uh, thanks so much for uh, giving us your time today. Uh, it was fun talking about this movie. No, thank you very much for having me. I'm I'm so glad that uh, to get a chance to talk about it. So. Yeah, uh, the movie is is a multiverse. It comes out in theaters November 12th, on demand and digital November 16th, and it's on DVD and Blu-ray January 11th. Uh, that's going to do it for this interview. It's Chris Atkinson and Jonathan Watkins. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Reddit, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com.